man, if I'm reading the tea leaves right, today's guest got started in news and sports. We're going to find out. He's done a lot of different things and in unusual places, too. So, you know, he's earned experience across jobs in mornings, afternoons, programming. Uh, look, we got to talk to him uh, or we're going to get to talk to him about what he's doing in Buffalo in the 2020s and um, you know, how's his approach to doing morning show radio right now? This sounds like exactly the right kind of person for us to talk to on our podcast. It's what we do. Welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast on Apple, Audible, Spotify, or almost anywhere you get your podcast. Our goal is always the same, too, by the way. It's to encourage radio pros at all levels. If you are a regular listener of this podcast, you know that we actually drop fresh weekly episodes on Sundays uh, featuring a radio pro working now somewhere in North America. It happens every single Sunday to enjoy our podcast. You only have to be interested in others and be open to encouragement, advice, connections, tools to get ahead and ways to make your radio career more profitable and successful. Sometimes it feels like everything's against you. It's not. It's just that everybody's selfish, everybody's got a lot going on, and you're in charge of your career. But here, we encourage you. That's what we do. Each week, we have an opportunity to see a snapshot of an individual in our business. It allows us to see radio from a different perspective, a different career arc, and hear how they are embracing radio right now. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works, or what we call ourselves RPC. Our practice is what we call an actual multiplier. We help local radio generate higher ratings and higher revenue. And it's just this simple. When we go to work for a client, and they follow our collaborative process and strategy. Their revenue and their profit margin rises. I hear that all the time, right? That's what we do. Ideas are the new technology. Where do your ideas come from? Are your local radio stations programmed and positioned to collect the most money today in your local market? Do you need better sales recruitment strategy? We can help you. Schedule a meetup. It's easy by email. And of course, the first consultation is free, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. We're just about a minute away from welcoming David Fields, morning show host, WTSS Buffalo, New York. You know, we're going to talk about the wings. You know, we are. And we're probably going to throw some sports in there. You know, we cannot visit the city of Buffalo and not talk about these things. Big thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which we make available minutes after our recorded live interview. And we sling this out on social media. As a matter of fact, we always kind of say this because that's where people first become familiar generally, that there's a podcast that's all about radio and that we talk about people in their careers and try to give you some encouragement every week. Thank you to JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast as well. By the way, you can see what you can get for free from our team in our free blog section at RainmakerPathway.com. And it literally says the free stuff. It's for you. We made it for you. Uh, including our Encouraging Sales Success Series and our More Than Live and Local Series, which is really about being relational not using the term live and local. And now 
Let's see what we can learn from this week's guest. I've been looking forward to this. Dave, welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me uh, to be part of the podcast. I appreciate the invite. I feel like we should be eating hot wings for this, but uh, we don't get to do that. Uh, that, That's another show. Uh, What we're going to do is focus on how you ended up here. And I want to start with, where did you grow up, dude? So I actually grew up here in Buffalo. I'm a local native of the 716. And even though my travels and my work have taken me all around the country, uh, it's nice to be back home. I've been back in Buffalo since uh, 2018. But yeah, I grew up uh, right here off of Lake Erie, grew up in the snow. I'm a baby of the blizzard of 77, a diehard Bills fan. And again, it's just nice to be back home. And what everyone thinks about Buffalo, you know, you're thinking snow right now when I say Buffalo, but it's summertime, it's spring. September right now, we have a sunny day. It's 73 degrees out there. It's a gorgeous day here in Western New York. Oh, yeah. And the only thing I would say as a deep fried Southerner is don't get used to that because, you know, <laughs> I spent time up in Rochester. I know it, it changes a little bit. What I got out of what you just said is that you are approximately about John Mayer's age. Would that be right? Uh, 46 years old. Yep. So about the, about yes. the same age as John Mayer. Yeah, kind of interesting. All right. So let's talk about first experiences. I want to know about, you know, what was that first experience that you had with radio as a listener in Buffalo? So there's really two experiences that kind of got me into whole, oh, this is something that is kind of neat and interesting. Radio uh, is going to be something in my life. Uh, Mm -hmm. growing up, we had a classic rock station here 97 rock. And there was a morning show jock, uh, Larry Snorton Norton. And, uh, my dad was a bricklayer and, uh, on the job site, we'd listen every morning and he had this really dumb thing he'd do on Fridays. They let out a lobster. You had to cover yourself in butter. It's one of the just bits that you're like, why are you doing this? It makes no sense. But, uh, you know, my wife's from Buffalo too. You know, we've been together 22 years. We still say that bit to each other back and forth. So that was when when I was younger, listening to that. And now as I look back on it, the power of radio really showcased that it could if you have something that's sticky, that can stick with someone, no matter what. When I when I mentioned Buffalo, I think of Buffalo. I always think about, you know, that stupid lobster and cover myself in butter because of of Larry Snort Norton from 97 Rock. Uh, So that was like in the in the 80s when I was growing up. Yeah, and you and I talked about this a little bit, how we see a lot of creativity has gone generic in the radio business, you know, from market to market, you know, like the old days, uh, what is it, up and down the dial, uh, WKRP in Cincinnati, you know, it's like (laughs) so unique back then. Now things have homogenized so much, but you bring us back to that and, and it really shows the power of creativity to stay with you over a long arc of time, which is really important for radio, right? A hundred percent. And I think Larry's been retired now, maybe 15 years. And it's just something that, you know, if you look at on your personalities nowadays, they're, they're so, Hey, I, I got to do this. I got to, you know, do this. What is going to make you set apart and really stand out? And again, I guarantee you, if you went to a consultant or you went to a program director and say, Hey, I'm going to play this lobster song in Buffalo on a Friday in the middle of October, then what are you crazy? But it is something that they, he built into his show. And it's something that, you know, 25 years later, I still remember. And I still, we still get a kick out of it. Uh, and then the other, the other real experience that I had with, with personally, uh, personally, uh, Personality-driven radio was uh, my mom, very conservative homemaker. 
uh, growing up, mm-hmm. but she was a big fan of Howard Stern. And she used to drive me oh. to school in the mornings. So she would love listening to Howard Stern. And I remember my mom laughing at things, things that I probably didn't even understand at the time. I'm 14, 15 years old, maybe just learning about stuff and going, wow, my mom, who, you know, was kind of a, a hard person to to live with sometimes, but she would crack up and she would listen every morning. And, and again, the power of that 10 minute drive from my house to to the school, uh, seeing my mom be engaged like that. That was wow. That that, that again is a, a moment where you go, this is something. Well, you hear comedians talk about how, you know, they got something from their parents of trying to make them laugh or or trying to make something happen. And here you are with your mom in the car going, you know, I'm not saying this happened, but maybe it did where you went, oh, this is working for her. I should do something like this, maybe, maybe. Yeah, exactly. It was something, you know, I'm the youngest of three. Uh, two other brothers. So I was supposed to be the funny one because that's the only way I would survive getting beat up by my brothers every day. So if I could find something to make them laugh, my mom laugh, it was a good day for me. And I, I you know, as the youngest, I seem to be the more laid back, the kind of the, the guy who goes with the flow, but seeing things like that, all right, that's laughing. Why is that laughing? Even as a, as a young kid who at the time, I wasn't even really thinking about radio, but it was just in my head going, these things can make people laugh. And again, just two people in the car. Her, sometimes her and I wouldn't even talk on the ride, right? Because I'm a teenager. You're riding with your mom. You may not even say a word to her. But listening to Howard Stern, she's laughing. It was our kind of little common ground. Like, oh, I think that's funny. My mom thinks it's funny. Maybe my, my mom's a little bit cooler than I thought she originally was. I was thinking that you get out of your car on uh, going to school. You get out of the car from your mom and you walk away going, you know, my mom's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then she used to watch his show on E2. I was like, all right, my mom, who's a very, very conservative person. And uh, when, when I was growing up, it was, it was very interesting. Something aside to her that maybe a lot of her friends even know, but I definitely knew it as her son and saw and saw the impact that she had. Well, you and I talked a little bit about this term that I spread around everywhere. I get a chance where I talk about familiar surprise as being what is important? It's not important to beat your competition. It's important for you to bring something about you that is unduplicatable. If that doesn't describe Howard Stern, I don't know what <laughs> does. And and so that must have had an impact on you early on. Now, look, you went to SUNY Brockport. Did I say that right first? You did. SUNY Brockport, we like to call it the Harvard of the SUNY system. Unless, of course, you yes. live in New York State and you know what Harvard, you know what SUNY stands for. But everywhere else, it makes it makes it seem like I'm a smart person. It's a state university school, basically. OK, well, listen, it's clear uh, to me you have a B.A. in broadcast. You, you must have been thinking radio or television. Uh, what were you thinking you might do in broadcast back then? Like, what was the big dream? So, so when I first got into college, like my, my all through high school, I wanted to be a a computer programmer. I wanted to go work on computers and all that. And then one day I went to go visit my buddy who was going to college. And if you're in Rochester, you know, this college, St. John Fisher, it's a little college in Mm -hmm. Rochester, New York. And before we're going to go out, he had to do his radio show. He's like, well, just come sit with me. We'll do this a couple hours and we'll go out. I'm like, okay. And I fell in love with radio there because he was able to do what he wanted to do at the time, play whatever music he wanted to play. He was having fun. So the next year when I enrolled at SUNY Brockport, you're right. I I was going, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to do broadcasting, but I grew up playing sports, grew up being a big fan of the Buffalo Bills, uh, played uh, high school sports, played club sports in college. So originally I wanted to do 
sports, play-by-play, sports reporting, and all that. And so my first two years at SUNY Brockport, we had a chance to do all that. I called games for the local college, the high school. Uh, I was a member of the media for the Rochester Americans, the minor league hockey, uh, the baseball team, the Rochester Red Wings. I even had a chance to come and be a part of the media uh, through the college for the Buffalo Bills at a couple of games. So really, when I went to college, that was my goal. I was trying to do everything I possibly could to do sports or do play-by-play. And then, uh, you know, so as I continued my career, I did every shift possible at the college radio station. Uh, mm-hmm. I met my wife at a live broadcast. I was getting a tattoo done live on the radio for a, a promotion. She had whoa, 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 whoa! You got a tattoo? I got, I got a tattoo live wait, wait. on the radio. Yes, sir. Wait, 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 wait! You got a tattoo live on the radio in front of your wife? Yes, that's how I met her the you, first time. We tell my right. son we met at church, though. <laughs> of course. Well, well. Now you got to tell us what, what is what's the tattoo, man. So the tattoo is it's a circle. It's the Earth, and it says Carpe okay. Diem, seize the day. And I got it on my shoulder. I was getting it done live. Uh, my wife, she actually was getting a tattoo touched up. She was at the tattoo parlor looking at some stuff, and we noticed each other. Well, I should say I noticed her. Tracked her down a little bit through the student directory because we didn't have the internet back when I was going to school that early. And uh, we've been together now uh, since uh, 2002. You know, it's really interesting. You're you're not an old guy in radio, okay? So you kind of have, well, I'm going to cover this in a few minutes when we start talking about mornings a little bit. But you've had this career arc that's moved you into the social media age. But before we get there, let's talk about first radio jobs. Did you really start in news? How did that happen? So I did. So I did. When I graduated college, uh, I was working part-time in Rochester, New York, just filling in wherever Mm -hmm. I could, running the board and stuff like that. But my first full-time job was all the way across the country. It was in Washington State, in Pullman, Washington. And if you know colleges or you follow college football, it's the home of the Washington State Cougars. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I had sent, believe it or not, a tape and resume in a big old vanilla envelope, sent it across the country. I uh, got interviewed by the GM over the phone and was offered the job. And I took the job sight unseen. Uh, so I was doing morning uh, morning show co-host and news director. So I'd go in, I would do the morning show, and then I would do the local news updates uh, throughout the day and then news reporting uh, whenever I had to do it. So but yeah, my first job was doing news, morning show co-host. And then I was also doing play-by-play for high school uh, basketball and football. So I was doing a lot, but yeah, my first when I got into the news and after that first year, I realized, yeah, news is not for me. Um, I, I'm not big into reading from scripts verbatim. And I've definitely, mm-hmm. my personality does not let me be authority on anything. So if I got to do breaking news, uh, probably not going to be the person you're looking to break that big news. So I thought, all right, I need to be a little bit more pers- uh, personality oriented to show. So maybe I stick with either the play by play or going to somehow, uh, you know, an on air shift uh, doing a show either mornings or afternoons. You know, uh, uh, just more creativity for you. Listen, I, I see you spent time in your career in New York, but you, you've you also been in Florida, South Carolina, other places. I love your sense of adventure, which you must have had early. Uh, were your parents singing from the choir when you made that trip across the country? Uh, <laughs> no, like I said, I'm the youngest. I'm my mama's baby. And uh, so when mm-hmm. my wife and I, at the time we were engaged, we packed up our cars and drove across the country. Uh, the best thing I remember about that is, of course, we're on West Coast time in, in Washington State. My mom was still here in Buffalo. Every Sunday she would call to see how things are going. But every Sunday she would call at six o'clock our time because she could never figure out that we are three hours behind her. It was nine o'clock in Buffalo. She would call every Sunday. I'm like, Mom, 
it's three hours difference. It's it's literally six a.m. here. Um, so it, the sense of adventure, yeah. I I never traveled when I was growing up. So my wife and I, when we had opportunities to take these jobs, I always tell people, especially when I talk to colleges or I talk to broadcast students, I say you can do two years anywhere. If you have an opportunity yeah. to take a job that you may be a little bit nervous about doing because it's in a different state or it's away from family, but you think it's going to be good for your career, take that job. If it doesn't work out in two years, you can always go back home. You can always leave that spot. But two years, and every time I moved, uh, and again, you mentioned Florida and South Carolina. Uh, mm -hmm. I've been in uh, Montana, Mississippi, mm -hmm. Washington State, Delaware. Uh, so I've been, what you talk about, a, a typical radio guy who travels for jobs. I've done that. I, I think I've been in eight different states, but every time it was for a promotion, but every time we went somewhere, it was somewhere new and like, all right, we can do two years here. We'll see how it works out. And, and a lot of the places, there's only one that I didn't love. A lot of the places I fell in love with and we loved being there when we were there. Well, you know, you're not going to show up here and say there was one place I didn't like and us not ask what it is. I told you I was curious. All right. So I'm going to say Meridian, Mississippi. And, uh, uh, and you know, the people that I met there that I worked with were great. Uh, but the problem is that I'm a Northern boy and they still had some resentment against us back in the day. So there was what? times I, I will tell you this, because I, I think you're from Louisiana, right? You're down south. I am from Louisiana. Yes. So uh, I remember doing a live broadcast for the station in Meridian, Mississippi. We were at a boat and gun show and we're doing a live broadcast and I'm interviewing, talking to people. And they told me there's one group of people that don't talk to them. They're not going to talk to you. And it was the sons of the Confederate soldiers that like they still mad at you for winning the war. I'm like, well, my parents came over. My dad came over from Poland in 46. So I had nothing to do with that. But right. again, you're above the Mason Dixon line. Like, yeah, you probably not want to talk to them. Um, but I, I got to be honest with you, Dave. Um, my grandmother died in 2011 and I actually went through Meridian and I, I look when I was a kid until I was 15, I lived in, in Louisiana and Mississippi. I lived in Vicksburg and just above Vicksburg. And so not for nothing. I, I know this area of the country pretty well. I will just say that when we went through Meridian, we went through downtown Meridian and I thought it looked like they'd lost a civil war battle last <laughs> night. Yeah, it, it was interesting. I will say, though, best barbecue I ever had in my entire life. We bought it from a Boy Scout troop. They had smoked it uh, for like 48 hours. You peel it right off the bone. Best bar Boston butt I've ever had. But again, the situation with my wife and I, young in that situation, I always tell people, sure. if you have to, you can go to Mississippi. If you don't have to, don't go to Mississippi. Yeah, well, it's not the same for everybody, but I totally understand that. And uh, there's good people and bad people wherever you go. I will just only say that. Listen, speaking of good people and bad people, do you have a mentor or mentors in our business? If so, can you share something with us that you learned directly from them? Yeah, so one of my biggest influences in my career and is now my my competitor here, is here in Buffalo. So when I, mm -hmm. I I worked in Buffalo in the early 2000s, we came back for a couple of years before my son was born and I was working doing nights on what was then Star 90 or Star 102.5. Uh and my my program director at the time was Sue O'Neill. And uh she she gave me lots of room to to work on my craft, to do personality driven stuff at night, have some fun, learn. I had been maybe nice. 3 4 years in my career. And she told me, she goes, listen, people are tuning in. Yes, they, they like the music. People like, they can get the music where they want to get it. They, they, what do you do that makes people stay through your talk break, through the commercials to come back to that next song? What, what are you providing? What, what is, 
why are they listening to you? You're a homegrown kid. You're going through the same things they're going through. So how are you portraying that on the air? And that's something I've always taken, especially now that I transitioned in the mornings. I've done mornings now for several years is that, all right, I'm a person. The person that's listening to me is a person. We're sharing the same experiences. You know, now right. that I, I work at Star 96.1, uh, I, my target audience is basically my wife. She She's 45 and we're looking at females and like, all right, so the thing that she's going through with her friends, the kids going back to school, you know, this year, our son just went to college for the first time. We're empty nesters. These are all things like, how can I use my experiences? Because people listening are going through the exact same thing. So she really, you know, I see you, I see you do this in your social really well. Yeah. And again, that's a big part, you know, as, as social has become bigger and bigger in the opportunity to reach out and touch listeners hundred percent, you know, so you, you live your life on the air, you live your life on social media, but again, you, you gotta be true to yourself. There's things that I talk about on the radio and I actually had a, a listener tell me the other day, she was, I love the fact that you talk about your wife and your son and you tell yeah. us the, the good stuff, but you also tell us the bad stuff, right? Cause there's, there's times, you know, Hey, my son, you know, we, we butted heads plenty of times and, and that's, that's stuff that every parent has gone through. If you have kids, you had that moment where you look at your kid and you're like, what did I do wrong? What is wrong with you? You have that. So to share those moments on the air. And that's something like I learned from Sue was don't be afraid to be yourself. Not everyone's going to well, love you. You know, that's but right. That- and, and look, you know, that this is true. We have this feeling, especially with social media, everybody does impression management it's like how do i make my life look really good all the time you know well that's not reality and it's not what people are really attracted to and that's the hardest thing i think for a lot of personalities is to understand sharing your imperfections makes people like you a hundred percent and and again i i i may sound cliche but my my listeners are my friends if i'm having a conversation yeah. with my friends you know we're watching the football game or we're hanging out doing something that's the same conversation i'm going to have on the air yeah all right so i'm 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 looking forward to this now you here you 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 kind of breached us a little bit talking about doing nights and you had this great program director who who really let you no, she didn't let you. What she did is she demanded that you bring your personality and you bring something to the party that was beyond music, which is an incredible experience. I feel like, you know, in the old days, if we're allowed to say that, um, <laughs> uh, nighttime radio was a great place to sharpen your teeth and get ready to do especially a morning show for sure. I see for a long time that you also did afternoons. But your focus has really shifted to mornings since about 2007. And this is a very interesting time for somebody to make this shift because of social media changes around that time. I'm talking about the explosion of Facebook and everything that came after that. Did this change happen to you or was this your focus and was it your efforts to get to morning? That's that's what you want to do is I want to do mornings. That was my ultimate goal. After I I, I kind of did a little bit of everything, I said, I really like to entertain. I really like to be myself and I like to have fun. Uh, and I want to do that on a morning show. My ultimate goal in my career was to be at a mid-market doing mornings and making a living that my family can, you know, we can have a house, we can do everything we want to do. You know, I don't have to be rich, but I don't want to be, you know, eating ramenos at, at 40 something years old. 
Um, right. So that was my goal is eventually to do mornings. But every step that I did, and I mentioned I've been all around the country, every step, even doing afternoons, was a little bit of a nugget that I take now for my current morning show. Stuff that I maybe did in uh, Montana or I did maybe afternoons when I was even on our sister station. I did afternoons on WYRK, our country station, for a couple of years uh, when we transitioned. There's things that I do that I can take from those different day parts because every day part's a little bit different, right? You, you no, can't sorry. be so personality driven uh, middays because work, but you still got to bring something to the table because yeah, even though they're in the background, you still got to bring something. Afternoon's a little bit different because in the mornings people are going, Oh, I got to go to work on the way home. They're already happy, right? Cause they're leaving. Hey, hey how park. about this? If you're on the way home, this might be your only opportunity to be somewhere where you don't have to have the nagging wife or husband. You don't have to deal with the kids. You And I'm not saying that that's the same for everybody, because sometimes you've got the kids riding in the car with you. But, you know, you don't have to think about your crappy boss that you can't stand or whatever. You know, that it, it's almost like afternoons can be the cheers bar. A hundred percent. It's a it's a different mentality in the afternoon for a lot of people when they're leaving work and, and they got things to do and they still got stuff to do. They, they got plans, but it's not like, hey, I got to be at work at nine o'clock. If I show up to dinner at five thirty five, my boss is, you know, my wife's not going to yell at me because we're supposed to eat at five thirty. So when you when your your mentality shifts a little bit for that show that you're going to do that, how you're going to reach out to the audience, what they're going through. Maybe they're not as active listening as they are in the morning, or maybe they're even more active because they're not thinking about getting their kids to school than doing this and that and that. So, uh, you know, I look at afternoons when I did afternoons, I try to do a morning show in the afternoon, but just tailored a little bit to how the vibe was of the new, of the listeners. And again, that helped me in my career as a morning show host now, but if there's afternoon people listening right now, have some fun with it. Just know that that may be the happiest part of someone's day is leaving right. work for that 20 minutes listening to you. So how can you keep that smile going in when they get home? That's exactly right. Now, now look, you know, one of the joys of doing this podcast specifically is that I get to look around at people's social media and I get to look at not what you say you are, but at what it looks like you are, right? And so I want you to tell me about something that I see as a common thread for you. Uh, it looks to me like you're pretty consistent in your efforts to self-educate around skills that are important to broadcasters today, and you're always kind of sharpening that. How much of your time do you dedicate to learning eh, how to social media better, for instance? A lot, a lot, you know, especially with the company I work for now, Town Square Media, we're very much in the digital realm and social media plays a big part in our lives. Uh, so there's always new things coming out. You know, I, I got kind of lucky that I had a teenage son the last couple of years. So Snapchat and Instagram and all that was a little bit easier for me to digest and understand a little bit because I could ask him questions. But you're right. always learning something new. And like yesterday I, or on, on Friday, I was doing an interview and I was doing something and I couldn't figure out how to post the audio on, on social media. So I was talking to my my uh, digital manager and we found this website. I'm like, well, that's a great website. There's always things out there that you can learn and get to know better. So if, you, if you're struggling to write, if you're struggling to come up with content, this, there's always chances for you to find new links, new ideas, just scroll. I mean, <clears throat> my wife gets mad at me. Sometimes I'll scroll and I'm constantly taking snapshots on my, my phone of interesting posts that other people are doing or interesting interesting videos. And I'm like, oh, well, how do they do that? How can I, how can I translate that to, to Buffalo? Uh, so you're constantly learning 
of what's working on other social media platforms and how can I translate that to what I'm doing now. But it's an all you're constantly learning. You're always spending some time. You know, we do at least two weekly meetings uh, as a group here in Buffalo and then individually with our digital manager. Hey, wh what are you thinking about doing? What can we, how can we use that on the social platforms? How can we do that digitally? And again, we tie it all back, at least, especially for me, I try to tie it back to my show on the air because if I'm doing something on the air, if I'm doing something on social, they should be able to intertwine. So learning how to do that too and how to take social and make it part of your on-air show and vice versa is a big deal. And we spend a lot of time trying to learn how to do that even more effectively and, and better to reach that audience. I think it's incredibly important. And I think to be able to repurpose content in different ways to bring people more back to what your company owns and what your company is about is really important and to your brand. Now, look, how do you invest in bringing more people from social to your morning show? So, so it's an easy way to kind of do it the way I do it is yeah. I do a lot of questions. I do a lot of, I look at social media. So I'm on there from 6am to 10am, right? So if you work second shift, if you work third shift, chances of you hearing me on the radio, maybe slim to none. Maybe you catch maybe the last part of it, whatever. But on social media, you're there on your own time. So if I can make an impact on social media and you're like, oh, wow, that's a great question. Or, oh, yeah. You know, we have a big debate in here in Buffalo over wings and, and we'll get into a little bit later, but drums are oh, flats. Oh, yeah, we will. It's yeah. coming right up. <laughs> drums and flats are a big deal, right? And, and uh, I'm Don't do it yet. Don't okay. do it yet. Okay, all right, but, all right. But, but, but those are ways- up. Those are ways that I can do things on social media that maybe someone at seven o'clock at night sees like, oh, that's interesting. I want to see what Dave's going to say about that. And then they tune in the next morning. Maybe they break the routine to listen to how other people are going to react. Uh, so for me, using social media to create conversations that I can't have with people during the show because they're just mm -hmm. their normal schedule doesn't allow them to listen at that time. Uh, to me is a big impact videos exact same way. You know, people always say, Hey, do you have a face for radio? Uh, I've done more videos in my radio career in the last five, six years than I ever did television or I ever did video in the first 15, 20 years of my career. The reason why Absolutely. is because the expectations of the listener now, they want to know what you look like. They want to be able to place a face with the name and, and your voice, but they also want to know that you're real. I mean, I don't have filters on mine. There's times I put up videos with bad hair days. I always, I always, my wife gets really mad at me because when we do stuff and we were just at a wing fest and I'm posting pictures, like I didn't prove that picture. I'm like, uh, doesn't matter. I'm sorry. Oh. It's going on. This. I, I don't, you don't get approval of photos. There's no filters. This is us grease and sauce over our faces, but that's what people are doing. That's how people are, are acting. So it, it, when you go to my social media, at least it, it's not, that's me, it, the good, the well, bad, now, and the ugly. Well, now Dave, you and I have not talked about this, but this is a great place to insert this. I am maritally impaired. Okay. So I need to say that up front so that you can determine on your own whether you should take this advice that's coming at you because I'm about to give you some. Uh, and, and here it is. After I've been married for a long time and I've come to believe one thing about marriage. The husband is always wrong. It is our role to be wrong. And, and this is the important part. If you don't get this part of the joke, you're in trouble. <laughs> Even when you're right, your role is to be wrong. That advice so has you, saved me from a lot of arguments. Right. If you just accept that, then you get the joke and that's the way it works. 
And I think it also works for your current radio station, right? Because you're, you're, you, that audience is really important to you. If they understand that you have a keen sense of understanding that the man is the wrong party. I don't know. I think you're doing good there. Now I'm, I always tell people like, Oh, how do you come up with the ideas in your shows? I'm their husband. When they're listening to me, I'm going to say something that their husband would say. And they're like, I can't believe that idiot just said that on the radio. I, that's exactly what my husband would say. My husband plays fantasy football. He spends 15 minutes drafting guys he'd never met and how great he is. So when you talk about being real, my wife, how many, I can't tell you how many millions of times she's rolled her eyes at me. It's like, really? I'm like, well, you said I do. You said yes to this. That's on you. That's not on me. You knew what you were getting when you said I do when we got married. And, and our audience, too, my audience, they're the exact same way. They love their husband. They know exactly, too. Like, listen, I love him. He's a project. But that's it. So when they hear me, they're like, oh, my God, I can't tell you how many times I've had listeners come to my website. God bless you. I don't know. I just I, always I now will see you in this way where you have argument with your wife and you go, no, well, wait, wait, wait. This whole thing started with a tattoo. <laughs> OK, come on. All right. So let, let's talk about your company for a minute. You work for Town Square. You've done this for over eight years there's so many questions like oh, people always want to be critical of this company or that company or, oh, they're doing a lot of social media or they're doing this or they're doing that. What's the key to doing well inside Town Square? Because they like you, brother. Yeah, the key to doing being is being yourself and, and being ready to learn, right? Being that person ready right. to learn. Like, you know, digital is a big big deal in our company. We're, we're a digital company. We're a radio company. What's well, a big deal with consumers? A hundred percent, you know, and and, yeah. and before I even joined Town Square, I was doing show after show videos on YouTube myself when I was down in Florida. So when an opportunity came to join Town Square and I, I spoke to the the brand manager, to Kurt and all those guys, I'm like, yeah, we do this. We have the tools for you to do this. We have the people behind you to make this even better. I was so right. intrigued by that. And I and I that's why that's the main reason I, I joined Town Square when I had an opportunity. So it is an opportunity to learn, right? A hundred percent. I was already trying well, to do, I saw what was coming down the pot lane that digital is becoming bigger and bigger. I wasn't mm-hmm. great at it. Like you said, I have a broadcasting degree. I know how to do radio, video, social media, writing. That's all things that I have to learn. And sometimes I find myself very, it's very difficult, but Town Square has everything you need to learn how to do that. And if you're willing to learn, you're going to fit right in with Town Square Media. They want you to be you on the radio. They want you to be you when you're doing your digital work. And they want and they have the tools to help you. So when, when I joined Town Square, and like I said, I've been here for eight years. Uh, this is the longest I've ever worked for one company. I absolutely love what they're doing on the digital side. You know, they, they know how important it is to be uh, the digital is the on-air. And they're also, they know how important the on-air is to the digital. So we do our best to mirror those two. And, and that's one of the credence Town Square has as a company is like, all right, let's do digital. And now how do we make this digital and on-air work together? There you go. That That is brilliant. Now, uh, if you've been listening along, I don't know if you're on a treadmill. I don't know what's happening. Get real technical talking about all this digital stuff. So we're going <laughs> to take a left turn now. And we're going to talk about, yes, we are, Buffalo Wings. Now, look, Dave, you got to help us. We're not from Buffalo. What's the real secret? In other words, why is it better the way it's done in Buffalo? Where did all this come from? What's happening? All right. So the re- you want the all right. No one knows this. This is the real, real reason why wings here in Buffalo are better than anywhere else. The secret sauce. Okay. You want to know what it is? It's the tears of Buffalo Bills fans. Right. We have never won a Super Bowl. <laughs> We're never gonna. Hopefully, this is our year. 
no, no. Uh, you know, listen, Wings, you, you could ask that question, Lloyd, to a thousand people from Buffalo. You get a thousand answers. The real reason Wings are delicious here and the best in the, in, in the entire country, in the entire world, is, is the key is simple. Keep it simple, stupid. The Wings here, even though you can go to many different flavors and all that, but if you want a mm-hmm. true medium hot wing with Frank's hot sauce, crispy and saucy at the same time, a little bit of butter, you got to get it from Buffalo. It was a Vented back here in 64 at Anchor Bar. And the best thing about Buffalo is you can go down the street, every mom and pop shop. They could be a pizza place, an Italian place. They could be a steak place. They could be a taco place. They're going to have wings on the menu because that's how great it is. And you're going to get a great wing from anywhere else. So when someone tells you, hey, that place has the best wings, I guarantee you 99 people behind them will tell you 99 different places. And do you ever think about having a bit on your morning show where you have guests come in and for them to interview, you know, kind of like the hot, I don't know what they call it on YouTube, hot wings or whatever it is, but you ask like X number of questions and they have to go up in hot flavor of Buffalo wings as you go. I think that would be at home in Buffalo, wouldn't it? See, the problem with that is, is that people come out of the womb with blue cheese and hot sauce already in their baby bottles. So I don't know how hot I could actually get to where somebody like, oh, I can't do that because you can find some hot sauces and there's somebody out there going, yeah, that's nothing. That's I had that right, when I was now, in seventh grade. Now, oh, oh, these people. Uh, <laughs> so so let's let's talk about this before we leave the the, the wings. OK. You talked about flats and drumsticks. And what's the controversy? What's the what, what is that about? So so wings come in two different ways. Flats where like they're the flat wing, right? They come with the two bones, the meat on the side. And then the other one is that's, the drumstick. That's my wife. Yeah. And the drumstick is basically looks like a big old spoon. And that's, that's the big debate. Yeah, that's yeah. that's where I'm team drumstick. I think you get more meat. They're easier to dunk into the blue cheese. It's like having a spoon. You can eat it with one hand. But again, everywhere you go in Buffalo, some if you grew up here in Western New York, you have a preference, whether it's flats or drumsticks. And again, just like trying to tell someone that that place has the best wings, you're going to get a bunch of different answers. Uh, it's funny. You know, like I said, my wife and I, we've been together now uh, 21 years. Uh, I thought we're, we're a perfect pair together, honey. I love drumsticks. You love flats. Anytime we order See? wings. We'll always be happy. Little did I know, two years ago, she told me, she goes, I actually like drumsticks, but because you always ate them, I just ate the flats, and now I kind of like flats. I'm like, you lied to me for 18 years that you love. I thought we, I thought we were a perfect pair, but it was a lie. But you, she eventually came around to flats. But that's the biggest debate. You know, again, don't get me wrong. A wing, if, if all you have is flats and it's a good, I will eat it. But if I had a choice, we were just at uh, the National Wing Fest uh, last weekend, and I'm glad every every person there some ways asked that question. A drumstick or flat? And I got drumsticks all day long. Easier to eat. They got more meat on them. And I guarantee you can get more blue cheese when you dip it. Now, if there's anyone from Western New York listening right now, I guarantee you someone's going to disagree with that. But that's what I'm team drumstick all the way. All right. And, and so, you know, if you're keeping up, wherever you're listening to our podcast, you know that we've given two very distinct pieces of marital advice the first one being that the husband's always wrong and now we get the second one which is um well hell i forgot (laughs) always listen to your wife we'll just say that that's a common goal well you know i think that's a good save right let's talk about (laughs) buffalo let's talk about buffalo a little bit because uh, look what are the keys to uh, key things that make buffalo unique and different and what is it like to do mornings in Buffalo? There, the sports has to be a part of it, I think, right? 
hundred percent. Even, even on a station like mine, we are focused on females. We have so many females that love the Buffalo bills that you can talk sports and they get it. Whether it's the X and O's, whether it's Josh Allen's love life, Buffalo and, and come, come the next win for the bills. The city will be in a great mood. If they lose the city, everyone, even if you don't like sports, everyone's in a bad mood. So yes, you can definitely talk sports when it comes to radio in Buffalo, no matter what you're doing. And what else about Buffalo? Certainly you got the wings, but it's so many more things. I mean, you're right there next to the falls. You got, you know, there's a lot about Buffalo that's really unique, right? It is 100%. And one of the most unique things, especially when it comes to radio in Buffalo, is that, you know, I always look at Buffalo as a, we're maybe about 10, 15 years behind other cities in America, which is really? great. We, we, we like what we like and we like it. So uh, when I first left Buffalo, I was doing nights on Star. Uh, and that was in 2006. Uh, when I came back in 2008, the lineup was the same. The same morning show, midday person, same day afternoon person. Uh, and, and that happens for a lot of stations in Buffalo. You, if you have a job in Buffalo, you're here for life. And, and people in Buffalo love that familiarity. But they love you being real. We're a very blue-collar town. We're a very real town. They can sniff a imposter a mile away. If you yeah. come on the radio and you're voice tracking from another market and you say – you say Buffalo wing instead of just wing and they know exactly that you're not from the 716. So for me, the most unique thing about Buffalo is how real you have to be because we're a blue collar town. We wanted to give you, we want you to give it to us straight. And again, if you can do that in the radio, you can live that same lifestyle that we're living here. Again, talking about the bills, talking about kids going back to school. We're very family oriented in this town. We're just very low, low, you know, low maintenance, you know, we want to make sure the job gets done and we want to have a good time doing it. And then we're going to have some beers on the weekend. If you can live that lifestyle, if that's you and you can translate down there. That is one of the most unique things I've ever about Buffalo. Everywhere I've lived around the country, Buffalo has that feel like, listen, you got to be real or you won't make it 100 percent. Oh, yeah. They'll sniff you out right away. All right. So now you get to pay for being on our show. I always feel like this question is like, this is the bad one. Right. This is where you got to pay. And this is how we do it. Let's talk about the future. If you could control it, what do you think you would like to see the future be for local radio? The biggest thing for me, and you mentioned this a little bit earlier uh, during the podcast, the training out. I don't think I would be where I where I am right now if I didn't have a couple of years to hone my craft doing nights. So for me, right. I would love to see more local talent. More local talent getting a chance to work on their craft and give an opportunity to get better, to learn more, to be more involved on the air. Uh, I get budgets happen and, you know, things you got to pay the piper down the line. But I think as a, a industry, we may be losing that personality just because there's not opportunities for kids like me. I mean, I was maybe two years out of school, uh, a chance to go crack the mic in my hometown and learn what I was doing right and what i was doing not so right and learn how to get better at what i was doing uh so for the future will it happen hopefully i mean you asked me what I, if i could control it i definitely would bring back some opportunities for more local talent to be developed and to be have a chance to become great talents we have so many people who if you look at television stations they got young reporters who are there for two years and they leave they get burnt out and I, I see mm. we, we get radio talent, maybe it's starting to get burnt out because you're asked to do a show in your hometown and then you're supposed to voice track this show and you're supposed to do that and this and that. If we have an opportunity to bring more just, hey, 
and, and it's again with the competition of social media, the competition of television, podcasts as well. You know, how are we going to win the local radio wars? It's all personality. And are we developing think, personalities right now? Listen, maybe and, not. and I will say this, you know, maybe not the way we did it in the past, maybe a new way. Maybe all of the competition that we have, so to speak, can be part of how do we bring that into what we're doing? Yeah, hundred wow. percent. Yeah, if you got somebody not just locally, with not yeah. with just with our people, with their people. Yeah, if, if there's someone that you like and you follow on social media and they're doing great things, and why not see if you can bring them into your show, or why not see if you can get them a weekend? You know, if you have the opportunity to do that, you're right. There's so many talented people out there that I think as jobs slowly go away and more more people are doing more and more that we're losing that opportunity to get those creative people there so if i could control it like i said i would love to bring more opportunities for people to hone their craft on the air and, and again i think that would just be great in the future for everybody the better town we have on the air the more people are going to turn to radio because again that's a great place to go for information and entertainment for that ride to and from work at the office click on the radio and then you have your friend with you to Dave, I want to thank you for spending this time with us and just being our guest, dude. It's been fun. Yeah, I'm, well, I have some uh, wings set aside. I'm going to go dip some blue cheese in there, and I got to I got to say it, go Bills. Oh, you know that has to happen. Listen, <laughs> please don't take for granted what we're doing here. Help us by sharing this episode from our website at RainmakerPathway.com. It's in the free blog section. It says the free stuff. It's so easy for you to find it and share it, RainmakerPathway.com. Uh, you can share it with others that are interested in growing their careers in radio and audio. This episode of the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast is designed like the other 120 plus that are already in our archive to encourage radio pros at all levels. Let me tell you how serious we are about this. We love local radio. And to that end, we also encourage sellers, whether it's our encouraging sales success series, or our quarterly sales events on our podcast. Do you know we do this? October 12th is the next one. It's called Salesperson Momentum. It's the Q4 special that's coming up October the 12th for sellers. You can share that around uh, with a seller that you like or somebody who is having a challenge or however you want to say it. I do want to thank our special guest today, David Fields, who is, of course, as you can clearly see, amazing morning ho show host for WTSS in Buffalo, New York. A very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which we make available pretty rapidly after the live interview. And it is in our archive with all of the others. Thank you to JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. Of course, we say it all the time on our podcast, and I say it to clients regularly because it's fun for me. Quote, once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want, unquote. If you have any questions about this philosophy, please reach out to me. I love having this conversation. It is my passion to tell people about what it is I love about radio, and it's not the words live and local, and I love to prove this special quality or special qualities to clients and empower them. Please remember, if you don't remember anything else from this broadcast, be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being a part of the Radio Rally with the Encouragers. Now go make it a great week in local radio and crush it. <laughs>